This is KMTT and the weekly Pashat HaShavua Shira. This year, Tavshin Ayin, it will be given by Harav Hanoch Baxman. This week, Pashat Dvarim, I would like to discuss Moshe's recounting of the story of the spies here in the beginning of Parshat Torim. Uh, in Perak Aleph, Pasuk Kafbet, Moshe tells the Bnei Israel, as tells the children of Israel, as follows. Referring back to those events of 38 pre- years previously, Moshe says, And you all came close to me, you approached Vatamru, and you said, Let us send men in front of us. And they will spy out for us the land. And they will bring back the word, the path that we shall approach by, that we shall go up. And um, the cities uh, that we shall come upon them. And Moshe continues on here in Perak Aleph, Pasuk Kaf Gimel. And this matter, this request was good in my eyes. And I took from amidst you twelve men, one from each tribe. And in these two pithy short psukim, Dvarim Perak Aleph, Pasuk Kaf Bet, and Pasuk Kaf Gimel, Moshe recounts the original mission of the spies. Um, the planning of the mission, the selection of the spies, and effectively, of course, uh, the sending of the spies uh, to Eretz Yisrael. Uh, now, um, what was then Eretz Canaan? Now, Moshe continues on recounting the story, and it, of course, goes through uh, the standard stages that we are familiar with. The fact that the spies went to the land, the fact that the spies came back, the fact that the spies gave their report, the fact that there was a general rebellion of the people, and finally, of course, moving down here in the text in Pashat Bamidbar, um, to God's reaction to the people's rebellion, to the people's refusal to continue on and to enter into the land. In Dvarim Perak Aleph, Pasuk Lamedalit, uh, we read as follows, Ve'yishma Hashem et kol divrechem, and God heard your words, your cries, your complaints, Ve'yikatsof, and he became angry, Ve'yishava Lemar, and he swore, saying, Imire ishban Hashem ha'il hadar hara hazeh, if any one of the men of this evil generation will see at the Eretz HaTovah, none of them will see it. Because if one of them will see it, i.e. none of them will see it, of course, we know how the story ends. The story ends with the Gzera by God, with the decree by God, that the entire generation would die out in the Midbar. And this uh, kind of thumbnail sketch uh, of the story of the spies here found in Sefer Dvarim. Now, an interesting question, one which I would like to discuss, is the very fact that this story is found here in the beginning of uh, Parshat Dvarim. And uh, maybe the best way to phrase this question is to go back to the very, very beginning of Parshat Dvarim to Perak Aleph, uh, Pasuk Aleph, Bet, and Gimel and read them and just to remind ourselves of the setting where we are found in the narrative, in the saga of the life of Am Yisrael, of the people of Israel. And Dvarim, Parak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, the beginning of Parashat Dvarim, says as follows, uh, These are the words that Moshe spoke to all of Israel, on the other side of the Jordan, apparently some sort of geographic location on the other side of the Jordan River. Again, setting the scene, it was in the 40th year, 
Chodesh Be'echad Lachodesh, the 12th month, the 11th month, uh, the first day, Diber Moshe El Bnei Yisok Chodesh Shetziva Hashem Aleihem. Now, we are located here in the 40th year. We are located here even towards the end of the 40th year of the children of Israel desert journey. And we are located here geographically on the other side of the Jordan River. And B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel, are poised to enter into the land. And suddenly, uh, Moshe, as a kind of almost near opening to his last speech, a last speech that goes on actually for quite a long time here in Prashat Dvarim and even Sefer Dvarim, decides to recount the story of the spies. Something that happened 38 years previously. Here, on the cusp of finally entering into the land, suddenly Moshe assumes the role of, of history teacher, uh, of recounter, and the question is, why? Why the story of the spies? I mean, there are many things that happen that Moshe does not recount. So why does Moshe feel the need uh, to recount the story of the spies? What is the purpose of it? And that, to some extent, is something I would like to focus on in the Shi'or um, today. Now, in addition, another and perhaps more famous question, not a, a question regarding the literary context of Sefer Dvarim, but a, a different question regarding Moshe's account, and that might be put quite brutally uh, as uh, in the following fashion. Now let's go back to Parak Aleph, Pasuk Kavibet for the moment. And Parak Aleph, Pasuk Kavibet says, Vatikuven and all of you came close, Vatomru, um, and you said, Nishlacha anashim lefanenu, let us send men uh, in front of us, and it's very clear, the way Moshe tells the story here, that the people approach and they say, let us send spies. Okay. So the initiative um, of uh, the spy mission comes from the bottom up. It is the people's initiative and it is a human initiative. And that is certainly the way Moshe tells things over here in Zvarim Parak Aleph Pasuk Kafbet. But this, of course, raises the famous question and is dealt with by many, many, many of the Farshim. But the brutal way to ask this question might be, how accurate uh, is Moshe's telling or retelling of the story of the spies? Or perhaps a bit less brutally, how well does this fit with the original account of the story of the spies found in Bamidbar, Perak Yud Gimel? And this brings us, of course, to the most famous and well-known difference um, between the two stories. As I mentioned a moment ago, in Dvarim Perak Aleph Pasek Kafbet, Moshe portrays the mission as a product of human initiative, as a, as a bottom-up issue. You all came close. But if we go back at the moment, uh, and we should flip to Bamibar, Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, the beginning of Parshat Shlach Lecha. And what we read there is as follows. Vayidaber Hashem el Moshe lemor, and God spoke to Moshe, God spoke to Moshe, Shlach Lecha Anashim, send for yourselves men, Vyaturut Eretz Kenan, Asha Aninotein Levnei Yisrael, Ishachad, etc. It's quite clear here that God speaks to Moshe, and it says, Shlach Lecha Anashim, that there, the initiative here is divine. It's top down. And there's a clear and obvious tension between the way the story is told in Yugimel, where the initiator of the mission is God, it's top down, and it's a God is the initiator, as opposed to the way Moshe tells the story in Dvarim, um, where the initiative seems to come from the bottom up, that it's human initiative. And this brings us to this question of how accurate is Moshe's version, or perhaps more precisely, or a better version of this question, how do we account for the differences 
um, between Moshe's retelling of the story here in Dvarim Perak Aleph and the original account found in the Chumash back in Bamidbar Perak Yogimel. And we have already noted one difference, the difference in initiation. Whose idea is it? Bamidbar, it's God's idea, and apparently, according to Moshe and Zoram, it's the people's idea. But that is only one difference. There are many, many, many differences, but for the purposes of our shear, uh, in terms of phrasing our questions and our discussion, I would like to try to put my finger on five distinct differences between um, the two stories. Uh, a second difference uh, between the two stories. Let's uh, again go back to Dvarim, Parak Aleph, Pasuk, Kaf, Gimel, uh, which says as follows, or Kaf Bet even. Nishlcha anashim lefanenu, let us send men in front of us. And Dvarim, Parak Aleph, Pasuk, Kaf, Gimel says, Vayitav beinei hadavar, Moshe says, it was good in my eyes. Vayakach mikem shneim asar anashim ish echad lashavet. The status of these people. In Dvarim, Parak Aleph, in the retelling of Moshe, these people are anashim. They have no titles. They do not seem special. They are simply put anashim. However, if we go back to Bamidbar Perak Yud Gimel, there we read uh, as follows. At the end of Perak Yud Gimel Pasuk Bet, we read that each of the men sent are Nisiim, they are princes. Uh, and again, in Perak Yud Gimel Pasuk Gimel, Moshe sent them from Mibar Paran by the word of God, Kulam Anashim Rashei Bnei Yisrael Hema. They are the heads of Bnei Yisrael. So the members of the mission, the members of the delegation, uh, or the members of the spy group, in Sefer Bamidbar are not simply plain old Anashim, but they have a completely different status. They are princes, they are Nesim, they are Rashi B'nai Israel, and Ad Kdekach until the point where the Torah in Perak Yodimo Pasik Dalid through Ted Zion lists all of their names because they are important people, they are princes, um, and that's who is sent. So a second difference is in terms of the status of the members of the mission. In Dram, they are just Anashim, just men, and in Bamibar, uh, they are Nisi'im, princes, Rashi Beit Avot. A third difference. A uh, third difference might have to do with the language used to describe the mission, and perhaps on some level, the nature of the mission. Let us go back to Parak Aleph, Pasuk, Kafbet, in Dvarim, and it says as follows, V'tikruven alai kuchem, Yohokem kolis, V'tamu nishachan Hashem lifanenu, V'yachbru lanu et ha'aretz. V'yachbru, which literally means to dig. Um, metaphorically, it means to uncover that which is normally covered, um, uh, to see which is normally not seen. As uh, Yosef said to his brothers back in Egypt, back in Sefer Breshit, Lirot et ervat ha'aretz batem, to see the, the hidden parts of the land, the hidden parts of the flesh of the land, that which is normally covered. Um, you have come to uncover. What a spy does is he digs or he uncovers or he reveals. And the lado means to spy in a simple sense. But interestingly enough, this is not the language or the term used for the mission in Dvarim Perak, in Bamidbar, Perak Yud Gimel. There in Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Bet, in the original command by God, we learn, Shlach Lecha, Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Bet, Shlach Lecha Anashim, Viaturu et Eretz Kenan. 
Now, Viatur is a bit of a hard word to uh, translate, but it certainly doesn't mean uh, to spy. It probably means something like scout. Um, so here the term is different, Viatur, to, to, to scout out in some sense. And again, in Perak Bet, um, Pasuk Yudzayin, Perak Yudyimo, Pasuk Yudzayin, in Bamidbar, we read by Yishlach Ota Moshe, Latur et Eretz Canaan, to scout out the land of Canaan. So there seems to be a third difference uh, that is the the language used to describe the mission, or perhaps the nature of the mission in Bamidbar. It is Latour to scout, and in Dorim it is Lachbar to spy. Uh, a fourth difference. Um, interestingly enough, uh, if we move along um, in the in, well in the story, well, not going to move that far. One an interesting question is the is the role of Moshe. Uh, in the two stories. I think it's also a kind of interesting difference. So go back to Dvarim, Parak Aleph, Pasak Kafbet, and here we read uh, Pasak Kaf Gimel, I'm sorry, after the people's proposal of the spy mission, Aleph Kaf Gimel says, Vaitav Be'inai Hadavar, and it was good in my eyes, Vekach Michem Shneim Asar Anashem Eshachad I took 12 men and we sent them off. So Moshe's entire role is acquiescence to the people's request, and simply Moshe selects and dispatches, and no more than that. However, in Bamidbar, Perak Yudgimel, Moshe's role is very, very different. We pick it up for the moment in Perak Yudgimel, Pasuk um, Yudzayin. Um, when Moshe dispatches them Latour to Aretz, he gives them very particular directions. Uh, and those directions focus on where they should and how they should approach the land. But moreover, beginning uh, in Pasuk Yud Chet, we read the following. And you, uh, you group of Nisim, should see the land what it is. And the people who dwell upon it. Are they strong? Are they weak? Are they few? Are they many? And what is the land? What is the nature of the land again that they dwell upon? Is it good or is it bad? And again in imraza. Three times, Moshe asks the spies, or asks the group, asks the delegation to bring back word, not just about the people, and not just about the cities, but also ma'aretz, 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 atovahi imra'a, is it good or is it bad? The mission on some plane is uh, framed uh, or launched with these elaborate instructions by Moshe that go on for quite a while, which focus on the nature of the land. So a fourth difference um, between um, the two stories is that in Dvarim, Perak Aleph, Moshe simply acquiesces, as opposed to in Bamidbar Gimel, Moshe delivers these extensive instructions that focus on Umaha uh, Aretz on some plane. And a fifth and final difference, which I think is also uh, worthwhile um, to focus on, is as we go on in the story, on some level, uh, the stories map out slightly differently. Uh, we should remember the end of the story uh, of Bamidbar, Perak Gimel, how things work out. The spies come back, and after bringing back the fruit and saying, oh yes, it's an Eretz Havat Chalab Udvash, in Perak Yudgimel, Pasek Kavchet, we read as follows. Ephes, but, ki azaam hayoshev ba'aretz, the people are very mighty. And there's this extensive, elaborate report of the spies that goes on for quite a few psukim. And then the, peop- the spies say in Parak Yudim, Pasuk Lamed Aleph, 
They say we can't go up because it's too difficult for us. And then in Pasuk Lamed Bet, um, and they brought forth the Lashon Hara, the, the evil aspects of the land that they had scouted. It's a land that consumes its inhabitants. And the people are giants. And not just the people are giants, at the end of Pasuk Lamed Gimel, in the very last verse of Perak Yud Gimel, so the land is bad, the people are giants, and we're nothing, we're no more than grasshoppers, and that's how they perceived us, and we totally cannot do this. In Bamein Bar Perak Yudimel, a lot of space is given to the report of the spies, to the Dibat Ta'aret, to the Lashon Hara, and discussion of the inability of Am Yisrael to conquer the land. As opposed to, in Dvarim Perak Aleph, when we read of the spies' report, we read the following in Perak Aleph, Pasuk and they took from in their hands of the fruit of the uh, land and they brought it back to us and they brought back the word the land is good that God gives us and then but you people Moshe says to the people you were not willing to go up and you rebelled against um, the, the word of the Lord your God, and you grumbled in your tents, it is by the hatred of God for us that He brought us out of Egypt to hand us over to the Emirates to destroy us. There's a completely different report, a completely different aftermath. As opposed to in Bamidbar, where there's the extensive report of the spies, including the Lashon Hara, and the self-perception of we cannot do it, in Dvarim, there is no more than the spies came back and said it was Tov, perhaps something else, but then you rebelled. There was this irrational claim on your part that you can't do it, and you rebelled against God, and you said God hates us. So there's a difference in terms of the report. Um, that in Bamidbar Perik Gimel is far more elaborate, and in Dvarim Perik Aleph there is far more short shrift given to the report. And these are five differences that we can note uh, between the two stories, Bamidbar Perik Gimel and Dvarim Perik Aleph. To repeat, one, the question of initiative. In Bamidbar, it's God's initiative. In Dvarim, in Moshe's retelling, it's the people's initiative. Two, the status of the mission. In Bamidbar, Perik Gimel, they are Nisi'im, princes, heads of tribes. Um, and in Dvarim, they are simply put plain old people. Three, uh, in uh, Bamidbar, the name of the mission is Latour, a kind of scouting mission. Um, and in uh, Dvarim, it is Lachbar, a clear spying mission in the sense of uncovering something that which is hidden. Four, the role of Moshe. In Bamidbar, Moshe gives these extensive instructions focusing on Tovat Aretz and the nature of the land and the nature of things that they will see there, as opposed to in Dvarim, where Moshe simply says, Vaitav Beinayin, it was good in my eyes. And finally, five, in Bamidbar, there's an extensive discussion of the spies' actual words of their report. Um, culminating in their Lashon Hara regarding the land, um, as opposed to in Dvarim, where this report is almost completely left out, and instead we just get the idea of the people rebelled in an almost irrational fashion. If so, you may well ask how to deal with these differences, uh, or as I originally put it, how do we relate to the fact that Moshe's uh, recounting or retelling seems a little bit different, to, say, to put it mildly, than the way things originally happened. Um, now, the way I would like to approach this, I would like to uh, focus on both questions I raised. 
Um, and I spent a lot of time talking about the differences. The first question being, why Moshe tells the story at all? And the second being, how to account for the differences. I would like to share with you um, a famed piece of Torah Ramban regarding the second question, the differences between the two stories, between Bamibar on the one hand and Verim on the other hand, which I believe more or less uh, accounts for uh, everything I've raised here, or at the very least gives us good kelim, good tools for finishing a certain picture, an explanation of the differences between the two stories, and uh, what exactly Moshe's agenda is here in Sefer Dvarim, and much of this is well known. Now, the piece of Ramban I have in mind is found in um, Bamidbar, Perik Yud Gimel, Pasuk Bet, and I will quote a little bit of Ramban here. Ramban says as follows, Aviyishuv ha'inyan v'zeh, um, the, after quoting many of the differences, and Ramban says the, the explanation of the matter, of the difficulty, is as follows. Ki Yisrael amru kiderach kol habaim lihilachem ba'eretz nachriyah shashochim lefnehem anashim ladat hadrachim. Am Yisrael, the people of Israel, requested a spying mission, uh, like any nation would that is about to enter into a strange land, ladat hadrachim, to know the ways. Um, and Ramban then cites some psukim in Dvarim Perak Aleph, uh, which seem to support this. And Ramban goes on to say that this is a proper and appropriate request to request a spying mission. Because the Torah does not wish to us to rely upon miracles. So Ramban says that in Dvarim, Moshe is talking about the natural, uh, human-initiated spy mission um, uh, requested by the people because because you don't rely upon miracles. And of course, this was good in the eyes of Moshe. Um, however, Ramban goes on to point out that God has a fundamentally different agenda or perhaps one might say an additional agenda or perhaps a complementary agenda. And uh, Ramban says, but God commanded via Turu et Eretz Canaan. Um, they should scout out the land of Canaan. And Ramban focuses very much on the between Lachbar and Latour, the third difference, the linguistic difference, or the, the, the nature of the mission difference. And this is like the idea or the reasoning of choice. Uh, the meaning is, Latour means to choose, to scout out, to check out uh, someone who comes to, um, to purchase something. Um, and Ramban continues, And therefore Moshe gave his elaborate instructions to check out where the land is good or bad, the nature of the land, because it's about scouting it out and checking it out. And all of it was intended as a divine chesed, as a, a divine gift to B'nai Yisrael to bring back a good report about the wonderful nature of the land they're about to enter into uh, to engage their hearts and to elevate them. Um, if we put this together, uh, Ramban gives us an approach here, what I might call two missions, uh, two aspects of mission, or sometimes technically referred to as shtebuchinot, two aspects of, of one set of events. On the one hand, there is what we might call um, mission one, um, the aspect of the spy mission. And the spy mission is initiated by uh, human beings. It is the people's initiative to send spies to check out the path because Ain Somchelonesk was one that not rely upon a miracle. For 
um, a spy mission, you send regular anonymous people, anashim as in Sefer Dvarim. Um, for a spy mission, the proper term is uh, lachpar. For a spy mission, it's relatively straightforward. It's a military mission. There's no need for lab and instructions about the nature of the land. And for a spy mission, um, there's no need to mention anything else about except that the people, that the spies came back and for some reason the people didn't want to go. In other words, Ramban indicates to us that in Sefer Dvarim, Perak Aleph, Moshe retells the story of the spy mission, the aspect of the spy mission. But there was this other mission. Um, there was the other mission, not the spy mission, but call it the scouting mission or call it the divinely initiated mission, or call it the, the desire to bring back a wonderful report, to find out, to see with their eyes how good the land is, to be able to march b'simcha with joy into the land. And that was the mission commanded by God. Shlach um, lecha anashim, back in Bamidbar Perik Gimel. And not just that this mission was commanded by God, but this mission is, of course, well, who do you send? You send the key representatives of the people, uh, those who will be trusted. Who do you send as part of the Mishlach at the delegation? You send um, the Nesim, the Rosh Beidab, and that's who's mentioned in the Rabbi And what's the name of the mission? It's Latour, to scout out. And Moshe gives these elaborate instructions. Check if it's Tova or Ra'ah. Check if it's good. Bring back fruit. Check this, check that. Because, of course, it's going to be Tova. Because, of course, the word is supposed to come back good. And this, I think, on some level, is how Ramban accounts for the differences between the two stories. Now, what Ramban doesn't mention um, is why is it that Moshe only tells one aspect of the story as opposed to the other aspect of the story? Why does Moshe choose in Sefer Dvarim to tell the spy story as opposed to telling the, the scout story? Um, why choose aspect two as opposed to aspect one? Or, to put this more bluntly, why almost engage in a complete cover-up of aspect one, of the original uh, or of the other, or of the divinely initiated scout mission? Why only tell the spy mission? Well, I think on some level, the answer is simple, um, and it accounts for our final and outstanding difference. Um, and to see this, I would like to go back to something which happened in last week's Parsha, something which provides a kind of window into the psychology of Moshe at this point in his career, something which provides a kind of perspective on Moshe's perspective uh, on Am Yisrael at this point of time in the in the 40th year. And um, if we go back to um, Parshat Matot uh, Maseh, uh, last week's parsha, we go to the moment to Bamidbar Perak Lamid Aleph, um, Pasuk, Perak Lamid Bet Pasuk Hay. I would like to return to um, the story of the request of Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain Vechatzi Shevet Menashe, the two and a half tribes, to receive their achuzah, to receive their inheritance on the eastern side of the Jordan River, Be'ever Yardain, where the people are currently located. And Perak Lamed Bet, Pasakei, says as follows, And the people said to Moshe, or the two and a half tribes said to Moshe, if we found favor in your eyes, let this land be given to your servants as a, as a possession. Um, let us not cross the Jordan. Now apparently, Bnei Gad, Bnei Ruvain, and Nasheh come with a kind of economic request. They have 
much mikne. They have a lot of cattle, and the land they are located in is appropriate for cattle. So they ask to have their land on the other side of the Jordan River, seemingly non-problematic. Yet Moshe's reaction is quite harsh and quite difficult. And Moshe says in Perak Lamabet, Pasik Vav, Moshe says, Your brothers will go to war and you will sit here. Why discourage the hearts of B'nai Israel that God has given them? Now, up until this point, Moshe's reaction is relatively reasonable. Well, there's a morale problem. If you stay here and inherit here and you'll not be part of the war, that will discourage your brothers. But then Moshe flashes back 38 years. Um, so your forefathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. And Moshe goes on to recount um, the entire story of Meraglim and the curse by God that the entire generation would die in the desert. And then finally in Perak Lamed Bet, Pasuk Yudalad, Moshe says, And you have set up in place, or as a replacement, your continuation of your forefathers, a culture of sinning men. Um, to bring the anger of God again, or even more so upon will bring destruction upon the entire nation. So Moshe segues from an issue of morale into a flashback to what happened 38 years ago of discouragement, of rebellion, of curse, of death in the Midbar. Apparently, Moshe is worried about things happening again. Here, at the beginning, at the end of Sefer Bar and the beginning of Sefer of Dvarim, in the 40th year, on the cusp of entering the land, Moshe is gripped by the historical tragedy of that which happened 48 years, 38 years previously. It's on his mind. And what he's concerned about is discouragement. What he's concerned about is that it's going to happen again. And surprisingly enough, when Moshe, almost perhaps even on some level against his will, because he can't help himself, he has to talk about the Meraglim because it's on his mind. When Moshe talks about the Meraglim, he will talk about the Meraglim, but he doesn't talk about it as the scouting mission to see if the land is Tova or Ra'a. And he doesn't talk about it um, as there was an elaborate report by the Meraglim where they came back and said, no, we can't do it. They're Anakim, they're a giants. Dibata Aretz, Lashon of the land. And he doesn't talk about it in the language of Bamidbar Perik Yagimel, where the spies and the people and the generation viewed themselves as grasshoppers of not entering the land. Because all of these aspects of the original scouting mission story, which are an inherent part of the original scouting mission story, that it went wrong, that it went awry, um, that instead of bringing back the messer, the message of how good the land was, they brought back, in the end of the day, the message that we can't do it, that it's ra'ah, of regarding the land, the fact that we are incapable, we are no more than grasshoppers and they are giants. All of this, Moshe leaves out. And the reason is obvious, because he is concerned about discouragement of the people, and as such, uh, following Ramban here, um, Moshe tells the story of the spy mission Neto, simple, put, cut to the chase, and leaves out the other aspect of the scouting mission, um, the mission meant to bring back the good report, which went awry and led to the collapse, the Lashon Hara, and the decree by God in the desert of 38 years. Now, um, while 
I think more or less much of this handles the differences um, between uh, the two stories. And also on some plane handles why it is uh, that Moshe recounts the story of the spies here in the 40th year at the beginning of uh, Parshat Devarim. The answer being that it's on his mind and Moshe almost can't help uh, but recount it on some plane. I think on some level uh, there is something far more, a more positive agenda, something that Moshe wants to push uh, as well here at the beginning of um, uh, Parshat Dvarim. And in, uh, in just a few moments, I'd just like to recount this kind of point because I think it provides interesting insight uh, into something about the differences between the generations in the Midbar and also takes us back to the word uh, Latour again. Um, to unpack the point, uh, and maybe the positive agenda, in addition to Ramban that we've already discussed, of Moshe here at the beginning of Prashat uh, Dvarim, um, I would like to go back briefly to Bamidbar uh, Perik Gimel and think more deeply about the, the Shoresh Achet, the root of the sin uh, of the Muraglim and the collapse 38 years previously. I think the answer, as I've already hinted, is in the end of the day found in Perik Yud Gimel, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, the, the very end of the story of the spy mission back in Bamibar, the Sham Ra'inu Etanafilim, and the final coup de grace, which completely destroys the people's morale, is the spies say, B'Sham Ra'inu Etanafilim, the Nisim say, we, we saw the, the giants, B'nei Anak, B'nei Anafilim, B'nei B'neinu Kachagadim, V'chein Ha'inu B'neihem. We were in their eyes like grasshoppers, and so we were in their eyes. The people did not have the self-respect, the self-confidence, the sense of, of stature, which would allow them to believe that they could conquer the land. They did not believe that God was with them, that God could help them. Because if they are nothing, how could God possibly be with them? And even the Nisim, uh, even the princes of the tribes were not capable of that mindset. Even the leaders viewed themselves as nothing. And it's from that sense of nothing, that sense of inability, uh, from the sense of we are nothing but a generation of slaves, that things collapsed, that things were not possible. Um, I think on some level, if we study carefully um, Moshe's recounting of the story of the spies, much of it is about uh, countering uh, that uh, mindset, or emphasizing a different mindset, and um, here I would just like to focus on two points in the narrative in Tvarim before wrapping up. Tvarim Perak Aleph, Pasuk Kafbet, one last time says as follows. Batikruvun elai kulchem. And all of you came close. Vatamru nishlcha anashim lefanenu. Let us send men in front of us. When Moshe tells the story, he doesn't tell the story of a generation of slaves that feels fundamentally incapable, even whose princes and leaders view themselves as nothing more than grasshoppers. Instead, there's a sense of healthy self-confidence that Moshe talks about. And all of you came close and said, Let us send men in front of us, three times. Everything in the plural, that which we will do. Um, when Moshe tells the story, he talks about what should have been. 
the healthy sense of self-confidence that the people should have had. And, uh, because ain't some Kalanason, we now have to go conquer the land. And of course Moshe says, this was good in my eyes that you took this initiative because it's necessary to have this kind of healthy sense of self and this confidence to be able to realize that you can conquer the land, that God will be with you. And of course, later on, when Moshe recounts the rebellion, um, Moshe views the rebellion or talks about the rebellion as almost something silly. And you would not go up. You refuse to go up. Um, and then you grumbled and you said that God hates us and, and how can we do this? And then Moshe adds in something. In Perak Aleph, Pasuk Lamed, Moshe says as follows, Omar Aleichem, and I said to you, Lo ta'atzum ma'am. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Hashem Elokechem ha'olech lifnechem. God, your Lord, who, who goes in front of you, who He will fight for you. Just as He did in Egypt to your eyes. And in the desert that you saw, as a man, as God carried you, the man, maybe a man would carry his son. All the path, until you came to this place. You did not believe who went in front of you on the path, Latour, Latour, to scout out, Lachem, Makom, Lachanotchem, Esh, for your encampment in fire, Laila at night, Lachem, Baderach, Hashet, Techuba, Bananyom. Moshe says, the rebellion was silly because you'd seen with your eyes that God was with you in Egypt and God was with you in the Midbar. And you saw that the real Latour, the real scout you've had all along was God who scouted out your encampment in fire and cloud throughout the Midbar. So I think in his retelling of the story here, Moshe focuses on two points. One, the notion of the importance and centrality of a healthy self-confidence. And two, the balance that God is really with you all along. Because maybe there was this mission of Latour to be scouts, to maybe Ki'ilu, start to do it yourself, which they weren't capable of 38 years previously. But of course, that generation should have been capable of it, and you, the new generation, should certainly be capable of it, because you have, or should have, that healthy sense of self-confidence, uh, to be able to come close and say, let's spy out the land, and also to understand that God is really the one who's Latour, that God is with you, that there's a balance between your taking of responsibility and God being with you, as you have seen with your senses throughout the 38 years. So I think there's also a positive aspect uh, to Moshe's retelling of the story of the spies. It's not just... It's on Moshe's mind. He has to talk about it and leaves out the negative. But it's more than that. Uh, there's a kind of positive educational lesson here, a kind of inoculation uh, that Moshe attempts to provide B'nai Israel. The message that you can do it, that you are responsible, that the fear is ridiculous, and that God accompanies you all along is also a central aspect of Moshe's recounting of the story here in Parshat Torah.